Today's episode is brought to you by Redmond Daily Gold Stress Relief. This product is a naturally hydrated clay that provides horses with quick, soothing relief and digestive support. On today's episode, our guest is 17-year-old Bailey Shope from Cohutta, Georgia. Bailey has many wins under her belt, including being the 2019 MBHA Teen World Champion, but her most recent win was at the Summer Run Super Show in Perry, Georgia on her horse, Hail to be Famous. So thank you for jumping on and talking with us today, Bailey. No, thank you for having me. All right. Now tell us a little bit about your weekend in Perry and about the horse that you wanted on. So Perry was really good. Well, the first day was a little rough, but the second day was great. Um... Hell to be famous, we call him Dash. He is a five-year-old this year, and he's just, like, a little on the quirky side. Like, everything about him, everything he does is dramatic. Mm -hmm. So, it was funny, before he ran, he, like, come across the warm-up pin on, like, two legs. And I laughed. I was like, Dash, you act like you're going to win the barrel race today. (laughs) And he was like, I got this. And everything he does is dramatic. And he just worked really good. And it was the first time in in that arena, and usually – his first time in the arena is not that great, but he decided he liked that pin and rolled with it. Uh huh. Now, how old did you say he was? He's five. All right. And how long have you had him for? So we've had him since he was a three-year-old, but he was not ready to go as a three-year-old. Um, so we held him over his whole three-year-old and four, or his whole four-year-old year. Mm-hmm. So I didn't start running him till November. Okay. And I run him. Because we run him at the BFA as a three-year-old, and it was not good. He was not ready. So then his whole four-year-old year, we sent him off with um, Mr. Alan Fletcher up in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He took him for a year until I climbed on him at the BFA. Oh, so okay. So we picked him up and drove straight to Guthrie, and I called Alan, and I was like, what do I do? And he was like, just figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so he would have won second at the BFA, but I dragged the first barrel in the finals. Mm-hmm. So... Well, that's another. I was going to ask you, like, how's he been doing at the other breweries that you've been going to? Like, has he been winning at the local stuff, and you kind of knew he was capable of doing this, or? Well, um, he's always kind of shown. He's always shown he was talented. Mm-hmm. Like, even when he was three, even though he wasn't mature and ready, he mm-hmm. always showed he was talented and could do it. Um, I don't really like take them to a lot of like local stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But this year at the American, so he had never been anywhere big. Oh, we took him to Vegas, but he didn't really do good out there. So from Vegas to the American, he had never really been anywhere big, you know? Mm-hmm. And we come down to the slack, the American slack, and I had to choose between him and side chick, which was hard to leave side chick in the stall because, you know, that's who I want everything on. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, okay, I believe in him. So, and then he got me back to the top 40 and almost made AT&T. And that was the biggest stage he'd ever been on. He was like so freaked out. He was like, mom, what are we doing here? Yeah. How many and runs, he, how many runs do you think that he had before you took him there? Um, about, I made three runs on him in Guthrie. I made four runs on him in Vegas. I made three runs on him in Tunica and then it was the American. Oh, wow. And I went to kinder. And I run him in um, a junior American qualifier mm-hmm. in kinder. Mm-hmm. He ran there. So he had about uh, less than 20 runs. So he's been just showing out since the very beginning. He just, you know, took to it, I guess. Yeah. He, when he was, when he matured and he was ready mm-hmm. and he did that and got through, we kind of knew, okay, we got something. But now we've had to stick it out. He's not been the easiest 
one to deal with. Like he, like I said, he's so weird. Everything he does is dramatic and he like some days won't walk out of his stall because the concrete's a different color than his shaving. <laughs> so that's funny. Now, does he ever still have any baby moments or is he kind of getting more solid now? Oh, he is a five-year-old with a mind of a three-year-old. <laughs> so he doesn't just go win it every single time then, huh? <laughs> Listen, he will turn three barrels. He's a barrel horse. He can be terrified of the trash can outside the barrel. Oh, I know how so you I know how you feel because I have a young horse too. And I everybody laughs because he will literally spook at the barrels. So I go to barrel races and I'm telling everybody, I'm like, I have to walk the pattern in the exhibition and he'll buck and spook and then he'll go like, you know, play second or whatever in the barrel race. And they're like, is that the same horse? So I totally know how you feel with that. That's funny. Yeah, he's a mess. His first run, it's funny. He will be, like when you were at the American, he run across the arena with his ears up looking in the stands, like <laughs> not even paying attention to the barrel. And then out there, I was like, barrel. And he did that in Terry this weekend. That's he had never funny. been in that arena. And he run to the first barrel with his ears up. And then got there and was like, oh, yeah, turn. Oh, yes. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That's, so you just have to trust him when you go in the barrel pattern then, huh? <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to read it. And then some days, he'll, if he ever, like, hits the ears back in the first barrel, you better, like, hit the e-brake because he's going to triple A all the way there. That is so funny. Now, you've had a lot of horses that you've won on. But who was your first, like, true 1D winning horse that you had? Uh, that would be, so when I was five, I had a horse, um, they called, his registered name was Reels Black Honor. Mm -hmm. We all called him Spook. Mm -hmm. And he was my first, like, 1D horse. Mm -hmm. Um, like, I placed fifth on him at All-American when I was five years old. Wow. Which says a lot for him, because a five-year-old's not gonna do a horse much justice, you know? Right. So it says a lot for him. Like, I think if he would have, like, an older rider who could have really took him, he would have went really far. Right. No. Um, but then I was five, so mom, we just kind of went to, like, All-American and Youth World and stuff. That was, like, it. But mm -hmm. he won everywhere around him. Right. And he was, like, a bicycle, just, like, kick and go, and he was going to do it. Right. Those are my favorite kind of horses. I wish I still had them now. <laughs> yeah, and then when I was seven, I bought a horse for $300 out of a Kilton. Uh-huh. Um, and I ended up getting like second and go around to East world on her. And like, I did everything to her by myself that. as a seven, eight, nine year old. Mm -hmm. And she was six when we got her and I went a lot on her. That's those two horses are the ones who really like, taught me to ride and kind of put me on the map. And then the rest of them took over from there. Right. Now, my next question for you was going to be like, do you get nervous when you run? But then you started talking about how you've kind of been winning since you were five. Do you think that having horses of that caliber when you were younger have kind of made it easier for you to deal with? I mean, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but like, do you get nervous when you run? <laughs> I guess. You know, like if it's like a really high pressure run mm -hmm. um, and I'm nervous, I usually don't get nervous because I think of it as it's the same three barrels that I turn to practice in. Like mm -hmm. they're no different. Right. You know, I try to think of it that way, but like if I do get nervous to prevent my horse from getting nervous, like I'll stay off them as long as possible. Like I'll warm them up on the ground or something and then just jump on them at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I do get nervous, that's what I do. But most of the time I just keep my mind real clear. And I always think, look, if I do my job and I make my run, everybody else has to make theirs. Right. So um, I try to look at it that way and it keeps me from getting nervous. Yeah. Now, I guess part of my second question would be, do you think that since you've been riding these caliber horses since you were five, do you feel like that's helped you not get nervous most of the time? Yeah, because when I was little, my mom used to throw me on everything coming and going under the sun. Mm -hmm. So it 
kind of gave me the confidence of I can ride just about anything, and I'm very grateful for that, that she did that mm-hmm. when I was young. So I do think that that helped a lot, you know. Yeah. Does your mom barrel race? She did until I came along. Okay. So then I kind of took it all over. <laughs> now, does she help you, like, with tuning on horses and training? or? Oh, yeah. She is my second set of eyes. I could not do it without her. Because when you're on your back, you miss a lot. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So she's always there. You could fix this and you can do this. And she's mm-hmm. my biggest critic, too. She <laughs> wants everything to be perfect. So right. sometimes we butt heads about that. But yeah, I definitely could not do it without her. I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for her. Right. Now, you travel to a lot of these big girl barrel races, like you said. What do you do for your horses to keep them comfortable as far as your routines when you're traveling or when you get there and they have to stay in stalls for a few days at a time? So, um, when I'm like going up and down the road in the winter time, I'll wrap their legs and like put their magnetic blankets on them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we magnetize our horses, um, poultice. I use a lot of poultice and, um, just a lot of stuff to keep all the inflammation and swelling and keep them as loose and as comfortable as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm traveling, I don't usually like feed them grain going up and down the road. I just feed them as much hay as they can eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and keeping them hydrated, like I'll stop every two to four hours and water them. Um, and if I have one that doesn't drink good while I'm on my way to wherever I'm going, as soon as I get there, we'll always run some fluids through them just to make sure they're hydrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep them on like a lot of like supplements, supplements to their belly, like Gastroguard and Daily Gold by Redmond and all of that, mm-hmm. um, to keep them comfortable going up and down the road and people from getting ulcers, keep them from stressing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to do that. When I get to the show, most of the time, I'll if it's like in the summertime and it's really hot, I'll get them off the trailer and I'll give them a bath and I'll mud them down with poultice and um, put them in their stall. I keep as much shavings as my horses want. Like sometimes I'll put 10 to 20 bags in a stall really? to keep them comfortable. <laughs> because I wouldn't want to stand on that concrete all day. And if, and if mats are not an option, uh-huh. Like, this weekend in Perry, I was only there for two days, and each of my horses had 16 bags of shavings in their seats. Wow. And so that's funny because I just entered a three-day barrel race, and I did not order that many shavings. So now you're kind of making me want to order some more. <laughs> yeah, I always, like, I'll always order a ton of shavings and, like, add shavings to their stall every day. Because all my horses mm-hmm. love shavings. Like, they love to roll and play in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll look at it as if I can, if that's what they want to do and that's what makes them happy, then I'll give them as much as they want. Absolutely. And then it keeps them comfortable. It keeps them off the concrete and, you know, because mm-hmm. I walk in some stalls and like, they'll have like three bags of shavings in there and I'm like, oh, poor guys. <laughs> and my horses are like five feet taller than me because they're standing on like a mound of shavings. That's so funny. <laughs> now, how many horses do you have had at home that you're currently riding between like your open horses and do you have any young horses right now? So I have one three-year-old that I'm going to try for tree next year, but I don't try to like take a lot of younger horses because I am so busy with my open horses. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my three-year-old I have this year is doing amazing. So I'm excited about him. And then I have five open horses. One of them's actually with Nicole Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has one of them. And then I have four that I'm riding here. And then I have, like, a lot of people that I help and stuff, and then I'll take courses in to, like, tune up throughout the week. Right. So that keeps me pretty busy. 
So do you ride every horse every day or do you kind of like split it up between them? You know, it depends. Like I, if I ride like my open horses, I don't try to thump on them a lot. I want them to enjoy doing barrels as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I might like, if I'm having an issue, let's say at the second barrel, I'll thump on that. And then I'll just go low circles or like ride out through the pasture or something. Mm -hmm. Um, some days I just put them on the walker. I don't really, I don't want my horses to be wore out during the week. I want them to be fresh. Mm -hmm. So when I get to the show, they're fresh and ready to roll. Right. So if it's like really hot, I'm not going to ride them if it's 100 degrees outside. I'll just throw them with a walker and, you know. Right. Now, I wouldn't want to go out and loop circles in 100 degree weather and I look at it like that. Yeah, no, I don't even want to go outside and walk in 100 degree weather. All right. So now right. I got. So then. Okay. Oh, or I'll ride late at night mm -hmm. or early in the morning. So, especially on my open horses. Now, my colts, I'll ride in the middle of the day because they need to be road cows. They don't have a show coming up. So. <laughs> no, I get that. So, I mean, on average, how many times a week do you think you actually, like, ride them and you're on their back? Um, I'll ride them at least four days a week, and then every weekend we're going somewhere. Right. All right, so we talked about how you – or a little bit about how you qualified for the semifinals and you almost made it to AT&T Stadium. Do you – is rodeoing something that you want to do, or do you want to stick with the barrel races? I'm going to shoot my shot at rodeoing. I think when I turn 18, I'm going to try to go pro. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I, like, love to rodeo because I don't want to, like, mess my horses up, you know, mm -hmm. on all the rodeo grounds, and I think it takes a lot mentally to rodeo, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I am going to try to go in rodeo. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people that I know that rodeo, and so they're going to help me, you know, where to enter, where to go, how to pick and choose, you know? Yeah. And you could always just do, like, the southeastern circuit, and then you don't have to go as much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love to barrel race. Like, I love to go and run three and four horses and right. have fun and be there all weekend. But, like, rodeoing, you drive five hours and run one horse at, one horse one time and load up and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, now the so cool that thing, would definitely be different, but yeah, the cool thing about the American is though, like you have that one shot to you know make all of that money at that one rodeo. So that deal is so cool for people like you, you who don't really want to travel a bunch um, and go to all these arenas that might not have the best ground or whatnot. So I'm sure that you're probably going to keep entering these qualifiers every year, huh? Yes, ma'am. Good deal. Now I have one last question before I let you get off of here. Um, what do you think that you do that makes you a winner besides just having talented horses? Because I'm pretty sure we all know that anybody can own a talented horse, but if you don't do anything with it, then you're not going to succeed. So what do you think you do that you feel like helps you succeed with all of them? I try to always listen to my horses. Mm -hmm. And so by that, I mean, like, I don't, if my horse has a bad run and I like, will take side tricks, for example, I know that she doesn't wake up every day going, man, how can I, you know, mess this run up or how can I screw up today, you know? Right. So I always try, like, if she has a rough day and a hard day, I take that into consideration and I also take a, what is something going on, you know, because she can't talk. So the only way she can tell me is to mess up or to do something. So I always try to listen to my horses and um, I always get told I'm overthinking and overdoing that most of the time I'm right. So, <laughs> but that's the biggest thing I think is just like learning to listen to your horse and learning how to call the shot. Like when something's not right and like, you know, your horse well enough to know something's not right. Mm -hmm. Always kind of trust your gut and go with it. I think that is what's helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. 
That's um, along with along with just having like a connection and a bond with your horse, I think a horse that you spend every day with and you treat like a king or queen is going to want to work harder for you than a horse that you just jump on, go ride, throw it back in a stall, and take it to a barrel race. You know? Yes, I love. I Everything Every single you said. one of my horses feel special and wanted and and appreciated. Right. That is such good advice. And I mean, there's people who are twice your age who still haven't learned that. So you are wise beyond your years. But um, well, thank you for getting on here and talking with us today. And I was excited to kind of get to talk to you because I've seen you winning over the years and I've never actually even got to talk to you. So I've been kind of waiting for you to win something so I could get you on this podcast. So I was really excited that you said yes. <laughs> But um, I look forward to watching you on all your horses, especially this one because it's young. So I think you have a big future ahead with him. But um, thank you again, and I hope you have a great day. Yes, and thank you for having me. You have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to follow Central States on Facebook and Instagram to not only keep up with future episodes of the Winter Circle, but to also see what products we have for your farm and ranch lifestyle, whether it's your livestock animals, pets, or home and garden. You can also visit us at centralstatesonline.com.